0: Hello, welcome to another edition of the Talking City podcast with me, Tyrone Marshall. I've got Stuart Brennan to my left. Hello there. Sat in the uh, luxurious surroundings of our hotel room in Zagreb overlooking a... Um... A slum, I think. A, yeah, yeah, I think that's... I was trying to find a nice <laughs> word, but yeah, we'll go with slum. It's uh, it's definitely not a no expense spared hotel, but we're here, so we yeah, we shouldn't complain, really.
1: No.
0: Um, although we're in Zagreb, we'll start with uh, a brief look back to the weekend. Obviously not a game any City fan wants to, uh, to dwell on for too long. Um... The, the Derby, a 2-1 defeat, I don't think anyone really saw it, it, it coming, although people probably thought United stood a chance of causing City problems. What's your reflections on it now, looking back?
1: Well, I hate to say this, and sound like I'm being smart, but I, um, and especially because on last week's podcast, when I was asked to forecast, I said 2-1 to City. Um, but I felt that was the right thing to say at the time. Before the game, I was speaking to Cliff Butler, who, who older City fans might remember. He used to edit the United programme for years. He's been a red for years and years, but a very fair and honest kind of man. And he, Cliff was saying that he thought uh, City might batter United. And I said to him you know what, I think the City are perfectly set up, you can ask him if you don't believe mm-hmm. me, I said, I think City are perfectly set up for this United team, they've yeah, got so much pace, so much counter-attacking ability, and we saw what happened with Wolves, Wolves exposed City, Newcastle did it to an extent, Liverpool did it, um, and I said, I, I think United might just come away with this. Um... And he sort of looked at me as if to say, "Yeah, you just you just saying that," but uh, but they did, and uh, it, it, it it had been coming. I think it was on the cards. Uh, City City have got well-known defensive problems teams can see what those defensive problems are and it doesn't take a, a tactical genius to exploit them mm. to be honest it just t- takes picking the right team and setting them up in the right way and of course Solskjaer did that and and that was that
0: Yeah that, I know what you're saying speaking to people beforehand I think no one really expected City to keep a, a clean sheet there was a fear that United's attack would, would cause them problems which we saw um going the other way I mean City started quite brightly but once they went 2-0 down they had a lot of possession a lot of territory but never really looked like getting back in it until they scored did they?
1: No uh, and that, that's that's the biggest biggest even bigger than the defence well, as big as the defensive problems I think because it's it starting to look as though other teams have sussed City out in terms of sitting in deep and defending against them I mean City have faced that for, for the obviously this season but the last two seasons as well and they've always found a way through you know they've got such clever players and they stretch teams and they pull them this way and pull them that way and then find the killer pass but that hasn't been happening as much this season you know it did early on in the season but recently teams have been holding out against them and holding out quite comfortably you know it's not, it's not like City have been creating tons of chances and missing them Um and you look at Newcastle you know it was a, it was a, a screamer from Kevin Kevin De Bruyne that put them ahead um, goals like that you know that are, you defenders can't really legislate against and i think that's a serious problem for city that you know they, and they do keep trying the same things those little triangles on the left um, where you where you get the left back and you get silver and you get sterling involved and you, 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 we can see it coming from the press box so you can be pretty sure that the United defence or the Newcastle defence or the Wolves defence or however, they're aware of it they've been studying this City team and they can see it we know similar's going to happen down the right we know Kevin De Bruyne will make that run we know that either Kyle Walker or Bernardo will slip that little square ball down the side to for him to run onto. so defenders know it's coming, one will go with him one will cover the near post mm. and it's, it takes an exceptional cross to to beat that Uh, it takes something exceptional to beat it so I I mean we're saying this but Pep Guardiola knows this you know the the man's not uh, he he is a a coaching genius he's got to remember this well, you think so, <laughs> wouldn't you, you know, if you look at his record. So he knows this, um, and you would presume that he's addressing it, he's thinking of new ways of, of getting round it, thinking. but it is tough, no matter how good you are as a team, and no matter how skilled your individual players are, it is tough breaking down a team that's just going to sit in and is well-drilled and well-organised and well-briefed as to what to expect, uh, and, and that is what City are facing. And then, of course, as soon as they lose the ball the other team are away True. City have got really slow midfielders yeah. you know Rodri's slow Gunderwan's slow Kevin LeBron is not too bad David Silver's slow uh, and they've got slower slow defence apart from Carl Walker yeah. it's a slow defence as well so getting hit on the counter attack teams are streaming forward and you can see you could see United I mean some somebody described it as the Red Arrows and you could see it you know the, the, like three or four players breaking over the halfway line and City had players who were still yeah. getting getting yeah. back and trying to get back into position so w-
0: What did you make of the set up against United because we were both at, at Burnley on Tuesday night when David Silver played 90 minutes at Turf Moor I, I mean he doesn't play 90 minutes very often these days and I thought he was brilliant at Turf Moor but I took that as a sign (coughs) that he wasn't going to start against United and I thought he's going to play Gundogan and Rodri knows the threat on the counter-attack and just I suppose maybe pay United a little bit more respect but everyone knows where United's strength are we've seen enough of them this season to know that they've got no creativity they can't break down a packed defence but give them space to run into and counter-attack into and and they can be dangerous I was surprised when he left although Rodri played well Mm-hmm. Uh, at Burnley, I was surprisingly left him on his own without a bit of extra support in, in terms of Gunderwyn facing that counter attacking threat. But were you surprised the team shut up at all, or did you expect him to, to play to City strengths as usual?
1: Yeah, I, you do expect it. I mean, I, th- I think the only time I remember him not playing to City strengths and actually reacting to the opposition was when he played Bernardo in a deeper position at Anfield last mm, season. Yeah. Now, perhaps if he got his time again, he might do that in this. Against United, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he does set up at Old Trafford. Whether he does give them that little bit more respect, um, but yeah, I mean, there were people people were tweeting me and saying, "Why didn't United? Uh, why didn't City keep an unchanged team? They were so good at Burnley." But <laughs> They couldn't do that. I mean, for instance, he, people saying Ottomendi played really well at Burnley. Well, of course he did because he was up against a big lumping traditional threat. You know, if, if Otamendi in that team w- would have been absolutely murdered, mm. I suspect. Yeah. You know, S- Stones and Fernandinho found it tough, but Otamendi is so susceptible to pace, more so than those two. Um, so yeah, it's horses for, horses for courses, and, and Pep always does trust in his players, uh, and he's got good reason to trust in his players because he's just winning back to back titles. <laughs> But like you say, you know, David Silver is isn't capable of playing three games in a week. I don't think, um, certainly not at the standard to which we've become accustomed. Um, and I think Pep has really got to start putting more trust in Phil Foden. Yeah. he's got to he's got to give the lad a go. You know. He, how how much nearer to the end of the season we get, we're going to get? Surely so, we can't. Surely he's not going to play David Silva time and time again to the end of the season, and then throw Phil, Phil Foden in from day one on next season. It's got to be a gradual process, yeah. and there's absolutely no sign of it. We know he'll play over here in in Croatia um, because it's a it's a dead game, but he needs to be playing in live games. Mm. It's you know it, it, it's. Pretty obvious, I would have thought.
0: Yeah, I mean, it feels, talking of phone, it feels to me like we still don't really know if he is up to replacing David Silva. And I mean, we might not, we won't know for certain until he actually does. But at, at the moment, we're not, like you say, we're not seeing him in live games, games with meaning enough to know that he, he definitely can fulfill that role. I mean, Guardiola might be seen enough in, in training to say, I know he can. But but like you said, there's a, and he was left. I thought he'd be brought on a lot earlier considering Newcastle he came on and, and did have an impact it, it, he left it a long time on on Saturday to bring him on and like you say that that's a real issue at the moment isn't it? they do need to find out if, if Foden is, is this ready-made silver replacement
1: yeah well he isn't we know that well, because yeah. you know nobody is I mean for me David Silva's been the best player in the Premier League since he came you know over that stretch of 10 years I don't think there has been a better player and to expect Phil Foden to step into those boots so City are going to have to live with the fact that there will be a a slight drop in terms of the quality, um, certainly until Folder gets gets up to speed and matures a little bit and physically gets better but like you said that one thing that he does bring as he did at Newcastle is that energy mm-hmm. there's a vitality about him he chases people down and you kind of think that might have worked in City's favour I, I, I mean throwing him into a derby would have been tough on the kid but United have got young lads in there you know they were around his age you know Dan, Dan James isn't much older mm-hmm. he did very well and that kind of energy and him being a local lad in a derby he'd have chased everything down and he's quick he's quick folding <laughs> you know, w we're talking about having a pedestrian midfield, he's quicker than just about all of them, yeah. I would suggest, maybe not yeah. LeBron but he he's a, he's quick, so he, it, that's something he would bring. So what you what you'd lose in terms of the quality and the and the and the, the cunning of, of Silver around the box, which we're not seeing a lot of really. We saw it at Burnley but we didn't see it in the Derby. Um you would perhaps gain with that little bit of zest and that mm-hmm. little bit of energy that, that Foden always brings whenever you see him play. In terms of the Premier League this season Where does City go from here? I don't know about you But it, I, I feel it's it, we're in a weird kind of situation now Because it it's almost feels like we're waiting for Because we, I know we're still in the Champions League We've got a game tomorrow night mm. It almost feels like you're waiting for the last 16 of the Champions League to start mm. Yeah all the City fans will quibble with that because obviously there's a, there's a, the League Cup and there's the FA Cup between now and then and, and they're important especially with City being the holders but it almost feels like the Premier League is it's gone so let, let's just um, obviously they've got to keep trying to win games but it's it's a weird situation for City because we're so used to them challenging you know even when they haven't won it in recent years they've been up there for sizable parts of the Good. season to be out of the title race in December is is just strange. But I mean, they've got to look at they're looking up at a six point gap to Leicester, yeah. and Leicester come to City with Jamie Vardy, who is quick as anything. You kind of think, you can see them doing exactly the same thing yeah. unless, unless City get it absolutely right on the day. So you know you, you, you're staring at third place and you're looking back with over your shoulder at Chelsea and United who are closing in. Um, it's, it sounds odd because City has still a great, great, great team. So it, it, it's, it's perhaps just the gloom of the moment that makes it feel yeah. that way. But it does feel like everything's come to a, a bit of a stop in the league and it's, it's all about the Champions League and perhaps picking up a domestic cup or two. Um, I mean, is that, is that how, how you see it as well? Or?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Like you say, I think the title the title is, is gone, I think, isn't it? it in terms of the title, I think all they can do is keep keep plugging along and hope that. Eh. There's a lot of talk about Liverpool have bottled it before. At the moment, they don't look like bottling it. And if they're 14 points clear in January, February, they're not going to bottle it. The only way they can bottle it is if it's back to six points maybe in March or April time and suddenly they think, oh God, is it happening again? But at the moment, there's, there's no sign of it, is there? So all they've got to do Is keep picking up points And like I said Just try and catch Leicester At the moment And it's interesting What you say There are a couple of bad results And you go from Focusing on a team's strengths And they're brilliant As we have done with City To suddenly going Oh my god They look vulnerable every week It feels like What we've done with City And on that theme We're skipping a game ahead here But they go to Arsenal mm. On Sunday Probably going to be Without John Stones We're thinking So, Fernandinho and Otamendi at centre-back. There's not a great deal of pace there. You look at that Arsenal front line, Aubameyang. Pepe got his first goal for Arsenal last night and looked rapid at times against West Ham. And, I mean, Arsenal look a bit of a shambles as well at the moment. I watched them against Brighton on Thursday and it was such an open game that it it could be anything there. But you look at City defensively in that game and you fear for them at Arsenal again, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, you you, you absolutely do. Um, But... We've feared for them at times in the past when they've had, had little bad spells in the past and they, and they, they come good, you know, they're, they'll, they'll bounce. They're not, they're not a team that's won, won as much as it has without having, as well as the ability of the players they, they've got a lot of guts, you know, they've got a lot of spirit um, and they'll be hurting. And in the past, when City have been hurting, they've come back and and you would expect a reaction. Um, not necessarily in this Dynamo Zagreb game because it's it's it's, it's gonna be a lot of changes of personnel, but certainly Arsenal, they'll be going to that stadium and thinking this is our chance to show what we're about. Um uh
0: but it would be an interesting game It could be 4-0 Yeah, know. it feels like it could it's be, it be. Feels like it could be yeah. we well, are we'll turning our attention to, to Zagreb Where we are at the moment We're recording this before Pep's press conference We're both going up there later So keep an eye on the MEM website For updates from that City have trained this morning uh, Garcia and Taylor harwood Ballis Both trained with the senior side um, Fernandino suspended of course Stones injured I mean looking at it, it Garcia has got to start hasn't he?
1: I would think so I would think it would be Garcia and Otamendi um, it, it, it was odd really because when when City decided not to go for another centre-back after they failed to get Harry Maguire um, the, one of the reasons they pointed to is the fact that they did have Garcia and they did have Arwood Bellis who'd both been very impressive mm. uh, but the two of them have, have faded out of the picture very I mean Arwood too. Bellis has gone back into the into the, the under-23 setup. up Garcia's been on, on the bench most of the time and hasn't really played much uh so we've not really see, seen any of them and, and fans have been clamoring to see Moura garcia and i can understand why cuz he's a he's an organiser he's a smart footballer um and obviously games like this are uh a, a, a way you're gonna, you you've got the chance for him to go out and play and show what he can do. Um, I think I think some fans might be a bit surprised that they're the only two. You know, there's no Tommy Doyle and, and so yeah. on. I think the reason for that is probably because um, the the uh, youth league team, Ooh. the under 19s, have got a big game. They're, they're, they're playing in the afternoon as they always do in the youth league, and they've got a win over here to progress from the group. Uh, so in, in a lot of ways that, that's probably a, a better challenge for someone like Tommy Doyle who'll be expected to run the game and try and win that game for City um, he's been put into a situation where he's going away in Europe knowing that they've got to get a result and City aren't used to that at that level yeah. normally they're through by this point in the for Youth League or out as it, once or twice it's been in this um, in the last few years but but now they, they've got to come in. It, it is a, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's it's a hazardous game where, where they've they've got to win to get through. And uh, perhaps, perhaps the thinking is that Tommy Doyle and the other players who might have been drafted into the first team squad, it, it's a better challenge for them mm. rather than playing in a, a game that, that means nothing
0: at all in terms of the group. Yeah, I mean, City have, like say, already won this group. There's there are the other three teams who are competing for second place. Pep was asked after that Shakhtar game when City secured top spot with that draw what sort of team he'd pick in and whether he'd play kids and he basically said he'd play first team squad players at least and, and you know, very nobly said that we've got to respect the competition and that Atalanta and Shakhtar Donetsk are competing to go through in this group as well and to field a load of kids against Dynamo Zagreb and, and lose the game would be unfair on them which you know it is a very noble view and I'm sure Atalanta and Shakhtar will be thanking him but it, it's kind of reached a point where he almost needs to To consider making changes, doesn't he? Because, like you say, City are struggling with injuries at the moment. They don't have loads of options, but at the same time, it's hard to see where those changes come. There's still no Aguero, so does he? There's no real alternative to playing Jesus up front, so it's difficult to see how he makes too many changes in in some areas, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is, and and I I think a lot of City fans will be saying, "Well, Mm. he shouldn't be thinking about Atlanta and uh, and Shaktar Donetsk. He should be thinking about Manchester City." And I think a lot of managers. Would have would have done it that way. I mean, yeah. I, I understand it, and it and it is, it is like you say, it's an it's a noble, perhaps a noble aspect of Pep's about. He does tend to he does see the bigger picture of the game sometimes. Um, but uh, maybe Tommy Doyle won't thank him for it as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? he, he might have thought that he was gonna he was gonna get his uh, his Champions League debut, but uh, that'll come.
0: Yeah, I mean it's gonna be an interesting one tomorrow night to see. Certainly if Garcia plays <clears throat> and if Howard Bellis perhaps comes off the bench because I like say Dynamo have got something riding on it it's a fairly iconic European stadium the I mean, it's probably going to be an incredible atmosphere there it's going to be interesting to see how those City youngsters cope and B how City sort of rouse themselves knowing there's, there's nothing on the line
1: yeah yeah. It's, it's, I mean I've seen, seen many of these games in, in recent years dead rubbers I mean I remember City going to in Konec three years ago mm. and they played Phil Foden at left back um, I think the centre-backs was it bio and Mangala <laughs> it was it was an incredible team um, and they, they they lost that game 2-1 uh, and Shakhtar for, for them it was, a, it was a massive result you know they mm. were still talking about it when we went back the following season uh, just how big a result it was um, obviously City have put them back in the box since some by giving them a good stuffing a few times um, but you know, it is odd. It is a strange situation where you've got a home team, and it's great for City in that they're being seen as this 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 giant that needs yeah. that needs killing, even if they're they're already through and everybody knows it. But I mean, you know, I think back a few years when City played Bayern Munich and Bayern were already through, and City beat them three two at the Etihad. Everyone went mad. You know, it was a great, big result beating Bayern because City weren't used to it. Yeah. Now the, the boot's on the other fo- other foot, you know, and it's, it's City, who are, who are, who are the, the giant, and it doesn't really matter that they threw. Um, it, it's still a great result to beat them. Um, but, yeah, but, but once the whistle goes, you know what it's like. I mean, we've all played football. It doesn't matter who you're playing. If mm. you're playing with your mates, you still pull your tripod because you want to win the game. Yeah, you, know? Exactly. you know. So that, that competitive instinct will, will come to the fore. The problem is... If Gabriel Jesus picks a no- knock, or Kevin yeah. De Bruyne picks a knock, you know, then then it looks a bit. It, you, everyone's like, why did you do that? Yeah. Why did you put them yeah. at risk? Wrap them in cotton wool. We've got Arsenal on on Sunday, um, and that that is that. That's when it becomes an issue. I mean, hopefully everybody will come through, and nobody
0: nobody will think any more of it. I guess one area, or, you know, equally as big an area of intrigue for City fans this week is who's going to finish runners up in in the other seven groups. We know City have won their group, um, but I mean, looking at the table before we came out, there's some there's some serious teams in in runners up positions at the moment. And like we're saying, the, the, the focus has probably turned to. The Champions League for City this season, so there's going to be some intrigue there to see who finishes second. There's some competitive groups: Barcelona, Dortmund, Milan, for example, into Milan. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of watching to see who they can possibly draw when the draw takes place. I think it's next week.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've not studied it that carefully to be honest. I'm not. I'm not big on those things until the, until they're set. Um, and I think, I mean, the, the way the way I look at it is the way a lot of the, a lot of the travelling fans look at it. What would be the nicest? Place to nice go, place to go. Yeah, yeah, friend, yeah. Right? yeah, You know, you're looking at Definitely. Spain and uh, some, somewhere warm, a bit of winter sun. Yeah, we, we don't want uh, anywhere <laughs> Ukrainian or, or <laughs> Kazakhstan or anywhere like that. Thanks very much. Um, and I think I think that's that. That's the way. That's certainly the travelling fans will look at it that way. I mean, the wider body of city fans who who don't travel into Europe will want to will, wanna, will wanna as, as easy a, mm. a, a, a game as it can get. But un, until it's until it's. Finished, you know, it's it's always a little bit academic, isn't it? I mean, I don't—you've
0: obviously got your eye on somebody, haven't you? Uh, no, it was only mentioned. i, I think it was the—I think it was being spoken about in the press room on Saturday before the game and looking at the groups. And I just flicked through and noticed there was some, some serious teams like that Barcelona group. Obviously Napoli, a second in Liverpool's group at the moment. And both Madrid teams still, but I think also. both Madrid teams are second. I think Atletico—I think Atletico might be first, but could still finish second. Yeah, Real have obviously struggled in the group. Um, and look likely to finish second so Real Madrid could be a possibility so so yeah there's there's some pretty daunting ties there but I think we know by now that's the case with the Champions League and yeah. it's very easy in, in some of these groups to, to finish second and, and end up you know facing a team like City and conversely City facing a team like Real Madrid potentially in the last 16 but you've got to be put in front of you and, and it might it might do them good to face a bit of a sharper test early on in yeah. the competition because it, it feels previous years like they've had kind of a kind run and then Faced a, a real tough test, then, and, and you know it's been it's been March or April by the time they're really facing a huge Champions League game. So to play something like Real Madrid in February, you never know it might, it might help them out in in some perverse kind of way. Yeah, I mean City City can't be thinking that way. Really. I know the
1: fans think that way. Let's get an easy draw. Let's get an easy draw. But you know City have got real amb- ambitions to win the Champions League, and if if they can sort out the problems they've got, if they get Laporte back and they get Sane back. Uh, and, and can can work on on the issues that they've got. Uh, you know, they're, they're real contenders to win it. And if, if if you're in that position, you shouldn't be saying, "Oh, we don't want Real Madrid." And we they should be saying, "No, well, we're Manchester City," and we. We think that we're gonna win this competition. So we'll play whoever and I'm sure this is the way the players look at it. They they certainly won't be looking at the groups and thinking, Oh well, let's let's get let's get who's the easiest we can get. They'll they'll just take whoever comes and and relish it. They'd relish I'm sure they'd relish the prospects yeah. of getting a Real Madrid. And it might be the kind of like you say, it might be the result that they need. You beat Real Madrid and then it gives It'll you a boost medicine. and you, you're like, Well, we're beating a team that always comes good in the Champions League. Yeah. Or, or another big team and it gives you yeah it gives
0: you that boost which takes you into the later yeah. stages maybe finally then what are we expecting to tomorrow night uh, it's I mean, it's a difficult one to call isn't it
1: yeah um I, th- I think that, that's the primary thing get everybody through unscathed yeah you know get get them through don't don't lose the game, because the run the run is looking pretty bad. Isn't it? Mm. Another defeat would, would just add to that little bit of gloom that there is knocking around them. Yeah, they
0: the, need that the short confidence, the don't
1: they? Yeah, I mean, I, a win and a decent performance uh, would give everyone a little bit of a lift going, in, going into Arsenal. But Arsenal's a big game, we all know
0: that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Right, that's all for, for now from Zagreb. Keep an eye on the MEM website for updates from the Croatian Capital, and we'll probably be back later in the week.